How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And I apologize in advance. My voice is a little shoddy. It's not like that on the episode, but I'm just getting over some laryngitis. So we're going to make this intro quick and get right to it. Um, I was actually introduced to my guest today through my business partner, Joe, at Action. And it was through a video that Joe sent me one day of a gentleman that he knew wearing an action shirt and he rolled up to a barbell with like 150 pounds on it in a wheelchair. And he had one leg. He proceeded to get up out of the wheelchair, pick up the weight, squat it and overhead press it above his head. And I was like blown away. Um, I knew then that I had to have a conversation with him and thankfully he was willing to do it on the podcast. So I hope you guys really enjoy this as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Give it up for my guest, John Luna. But before we enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform it is that you're listening. Share it with your friends. Let them know to also subscribe and follow along on social media. It's at that curious Jones on all social media platforms. This podcast is brought to you by Action. As I mentioned, I'm a partner in Action. We make the best specialty roast coffee that you can buy on the market. And if you sign up for a subscription, you'll save 20% off of your order. And if you use code word curious, you'll save an additional 15% off. We also have natural supplements, things like Active, which is a combination blend of turmeric and CBD. And we also have Fuel, which is an MCT bomb, great uh, pre-workout snack. And we have some apparel. We're about ready to launch a whole host of new products. And it's going to be an exciting year here in 2022. So head to drinkaction.com. That's action spelled with a K. Use code word curious. Make sure you share the podcast and enjoy this episode. Wi-Fi off my phone or whatnot just to help clear the waves for this. Um, <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. So yeah. we'll we'll get this thing rolling. Um, I don't know. Is this something you do a lot? Do you do you speak publicly and and talk on podcasts at all? I mean, dude, you know this is my first podcast. Um, I did a talk. Just, just, you know, just so I can go ahead and explain to you. So I, one of the issues that I wanted to talk about was like, you know, the mental toll for adaptive athletes, although that kind of goes for everybody, but, um, for myself, uh, I deal with a lot of anxiety. So I did a talk a while back, uh, for the university down here and it was about mental health and I was, maybe I was overprepared that I was like, I had my notes and a timer and everything. And I just had a full blown anxiety attack in the middle of it. And I just like, I just butchered it, man. And so I get, I get a little, I get a little nervous, but as far as conversations, I feel like that's my jam because Mm -hmm. I did a talk recently at a high school about prosthetics and halfway through the talk, I was just like, look, I can't, do this. How about you guys talk to me, ask me questions. And then from there it became a conversation and it was 
smooth, you know? So yeah. uh, this is new for me, but I'm a, I, my wife tells me all the time, I can talk to anybody. I stop us all the time at the store because I just start talking to strangers. So uh, I think I'll be, I think I'll be good, man. This is, it's, it's, it's new, but I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited that you're doing it, man. It's, I, it's why I love podcasting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm in, in my professional day gig for years was in technology sales. And there's moments, even you can present as many times as you want, but you, to your point, like sometimes when you're trying to do things perfectly, especially if you're a perfectionist and I'm a perfectionist, it's, it's never perfect. I'm so critical of myself, but like you, I love having conversations with people and yeah. being able to come here. And it's funny because even the first few podcast episodes, I would listen back to do the edits. And even like tonight, my voice is I'm getting over a head cold and it would drive me nuts. And I'd be like, oh, do I release this episode? People are going to be annoyed by it. I, I said, a a word twice or I mispronounced something. And then I realized a few episodes in that that's the reason why I'm doing a podcast so that I don't have to be stressed out about all of those things and still be able to share my thoughts and ideas and talk with people. I, and ever since then, it's, you know, I'm addicted to having conversations with people from all walks of life. And I mean, you fit the mold. I mean, honestly, I can be, I'm dead honest. I watched the video that I, Joe sent it to me. You know, I think you had posted it online. I watched that video almost daily. Um, oh man. <laughs> it's powerful. Well, I mean, that, that I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That wasn't its intent, but um, I'm glad it, it has a positive effect on some people because, uh, yeah, I didn't ever. It's hey, guess, maybe I'll go back too because for anybody that didn't, you know, first go to everybody knows Action sponsors the podcast, so go to Action's Instagram page at Drink Action. Probably I don't know five or ten posts back, I reshared John's post. And what's your Instagram again? It's uh, at uh, Bigfoot's Fabrication. Okay, that's right. And I reshared that. And I, my business partner, who I think you guys are in the same area in South Texas, um, where his parents live. And yeah. he sent me this video and he's like, yo, um, really cool shout out from a loyal customer of action. And I'm watching and I see you, you ride up in a wheelchair, you stand up with one leg and you proceed to do Olympic lifts. I mean, I think the video he sent me, you were doing like a squat and maybe even like a, a press or something. I'm trying to even remember what he sent me, but I, I like had to rewatch it five or six times to actually believe what I was seeing. And I, I, inst- I mean, immediately I was like, Joe, can I share this on actions, social media pages? I mean, this is the definition of taking action with your life. And so many people have so many excuses to see someone with the challenge that you've been faced with to just kind of be like, I'm, I'm going to go and still go about my life and try to, you know, do the things that I enjoy doing is so inspirational. So I just wanted to preface that for anybody who's probably like, what video are, are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I, uh, I try to, I try to post a lot of my lifts. Um, you know, before it was just for myself, I would watch them and look at my technique and stuff like that. And, um, I got people that 
that really helped me out with the whole CrossFit thing all over Texas. So it's kind of a good way to just kind of post stuff up there and talk to people and be like, yo, check that out, see how my form is, see what my knee is doing. Cause that's a big, you know, it's obviously a big factor for the, for the one leg. And then it just kind of took off, man. A lot of people just, uh, you know, obviously the Bigfoot's fabrication, that's my fabrication shop. So it was kind of my business Instagram is how I initially started it. And then it just kind of turned into my everyday Instagram and, um, yeah, it just kind of took over. And like I said, you know, I, I was never really doing it for the oohs and ahs, but with I've gotten a lot of positive outreach from people from a guy messaged me from Russia the other day he's the same amputation as myself and he was you know we started talking about how to go about some of these lifts and um so it was it just kind of turned into something a lot different from what I was initially planning but I really enjoy it and you know it's good it's a good uh it's a good platform to help some people out and kind of raise awareness mm -hmm. um so yeah I don't know if Joe told you how we how we met or how we I he, guess knew each other he said that I, there was like a connection maybe your moms were friends or something like that but that he was a little bit older than you yeah so long story short I mean he's I don't want to I don't want to age him or anything but he's <laughs> when I was a little kid I I mean I would say like you know, third grade or something like that, maybe even younger. <clears throat> um, we would go to a family friend's house all the time. And, but especially every year for Halloween, that was our big thing. We would go and trick or treat with their family. And I remember his younger sister was a senior in high school at that time. So she was the only one that I have memories of as well as his parents. And um, so we had our first meeting where we sat down across from each other. Hey, I'm Action, I'm John. And we, you know, we talked for, I don't know, man, maybe two to three hours. And we were just, you know, chatting away. And we, we had an immediate connection. Uh, we were like, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's work together. This is great. The next day he texts me and he's like, is your mom so-and-so? It's like, yeah. And he's like my mom so then it was just it was just really cool man i was like dude our moms have been best friends since before i was born so it was just a cool little roundabout uh getting reunited with him and uh, so it was just yeah small world small world down down here anyways so. most definitely that's that's really cool I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to connect and you know have somebody like yourself be such a loyal supporter of what action is doing it's uh couldn't be couldn't be cooler i mean as many athletes and people that are out there i mean it's uh your story is is interesting and he joe did give me like some super high level but can you take me back i mean what what is the origin of this and and i guess from your amputation and then was lifting and athletics and in some some of those things were those activities that you were really into prior to that or well, I, I was always, I, I always considered myself an athlete. I wasn't a very good one, but I was always, I was always doing sports um, from, you know, middle school on to graduation. I tried every sport, swimming, track, baseball, football, basketball. I was terrible at basketball, and, but, I, but I loved it. The basketball was like my favorite sport, but I was so terrible at it. 
And um, so the way I lost my leg, the short version is uh, I had bone cancer in my hip, osteosarcoma, when I was 19. And unfortunately, I couldn't find anybody to diagnose me. I went to multiple hospitals, emergency rooms, and nobody knew what it was. I was told I had a hernia all the time. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I really don't think so. Um, it just, I don't know if I was going to the wrong people or what, man, but um, I think I, I, I have a pretty calm demeanor and I joke around a lot. And at one point, I just remember I kind of shot myself in the foot where I went into the hospital one night. My mom took me in. My hip was killing me, man. It was just constant pain. And the nurse asked me, what's your pain level? And I was like, well, it's a nine. But I said it with a chuckle. You know, they got that stupid chart that has the faces. And I was like, it's a nine. But I said it with a chuckle. And she was like, you're faking it. And you're probably just trying to get some pain meds or something and I was like no that's not the situation and of course at that point I was laughing more because I was like you can't be serious I'm in the ER for a reason you know my mom's here I'm not here with you know and um they kind of just were like nah go about your way you just pulled a muscle so the way I found out what it was uh I was leaving the movie theater and when I stepped off the curb my hip shattered and uh because the cancer ate the bone away completely so um, obviously, once it gets to that point, there's nothing they can do. So by the time I got to San Antonio, it was emergency surgery. They cut the leg off as soon as I got there and started chemo. And it was basically, I did about a year of chemo and then, you know, released me out into the world again. So, yeah. How long did you, do you have any idea, I guess, of the time frame that you had it? prior to when you stepped off that curb and broke your hip? Yeah, it was a good couple months, man. I want to say it was maybe three or four months because I was fresh out of high school and I started working a job at a restaurant and I was there for a little over a year. And then, so like I said, I want to say it was maybe four or five months of just, it started off with just little things. I was, I was in a flag football league. So when the pain initially started, I was like, oh, I pulled my groin. Wasn't a big deal. And it just slowly progressed to the point where I was walking on crutches and I was having to call into work. And, you know, it just just yeah. got bad, you know. So unfortunately, it got to that point. And, you know, I don't I don't regret anything. It me where i'm at today so um but yeah it was as soon as i finished all that i knew i wanted to do something with sports i kind of just wanted at the time i didn't really know that you could really make a like i didn't know about professional wheelchair basketball rugby and all that stuff a buddy of mine showed me that murder ball video of the wheelchair rugby and I was like, that looks cool. I would love to play that just for the hell of it. I wasn't thinking anything long-term. I was like, something to keep me active. And then um, 
then I found out that it was according to one of my buddies who's a, I think he won a couple of gold medals with the Paralympic team, um, Gil, Gil Garcia. And he told me, dude, you can't play uh, rugby because you're an amputee is for spinal cord injuries because they all kind of go about the same speed. So I was like, damn, what do I do now? So he was like, we'll try out basketball. I don't, I don't even know how I met him at that time. I think we just kind of met in passing because I was, was in San Antonio. That's where I did all my treatment. So I, it was just, you know, I think I met him in awesome. passing now. Yeah, now he's uh, we still stay in touch. And so I tried basketball out, man. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to play basketball and I really want to do this, what's the highest level that I can play this at? And then I found uh, UT Arlington in, in Arlington and they at the time and probably still are, I want to say they're like the number one wheelchair basketball team in college, in college at the, at the college level. So I just called up the head coach and I was like, you don't know me. I've never played, but I'm like, I promise I'll, I'll bust my ass. And if you let me, if you give me a shot, you know, let's do this. And I guess that impressed him because he was like, well, you can come up here and rent a room from my son in his house. He's, he was the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Doug Garner, the head coach at UTA, is super good guy, man. He 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 took me in, through, well, threw me into his son's place, Tyler, and I just started training with them, man. I, was, I, I wasn't in school, but they let me go to the team practices every day and train with them. Um, I trained with some of the, some legends in wheelchair basketball, uh i mean jay jay nelms he's one of the best to do it man he, he taught me how to shoot and um everybody was pretty patient with me man because i didn't have any experience i just went on to the number one team and I, I busted my ass man and um unfortunately after like a semester i tore my shoulder and needed total reconstruction uh on my shoulder so uh that kind of put an end to that. And then at that point I was like, man, I just need to play. So I played for, I played for a couple of years for the San Antonio sport Spurs wheelchair team. And I did, I did really well, man. I'm, I'm really not, um, I'm a very, like, I don't like to brag or anything like that, but I was, I, I would, put myself against any player in the world at that time. You know, I, I, I really worked for it. I, and then the same thing tore my other shoulder. So I had to have the the reconstructive surgery on that other shoulder. And um, I wanna say that second year was when I had an Olympic tryout or a Paralympic tryout waiting for me and then a tryout to go play professionally in Spain. And I was like, it's, it's just, and then actually I, I, I met my wife, the break before I was supposed to go back to San Antonio for those two tryouts. And I met my wife and it was, it was, it was love, dude. I mean, to, I know it sounds super cheesy, but I'm, I was with her for like a week and I was like, oh, I'll just put all that away. And then I just stopped. Because, yeah, I'm married. Yeah. And it was so it's like it must have it must have been the right choice. It was it was definitely the right choice because, you know, I, I was getting hurt all the time, man. In those, I don't know, in those three, four years I was playing wheelchair basketball. Yes, I was at the top. But man, I was, I was hurt all the time, man. Broke ribs, broke my nose a bunch of times. 
two, I tore my shoulder three times in total. Like it was, it was rough, man. What's the biggest difference? Uh, I mean, aside from the obvious, you know, from wheelchair basketball to traditional basketball from a rule set, or is it pretty similar? It's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. Um, I don't know. Like I said at the beginning, I suck at regular basketball, man. Like I was terrible, but put me in a chair and it was just like night and day difference. I don't know. I, it's the thing that people always ask me is like, well, how do you dribble? How do you dribble? You bounce it in front of you. And they're like, but how do you keep moving? And I was like, everybody has different ways, man. Like for myself, I would push this wheel, bounce, push, bounce, push, bounce. And that's how I did it. So that I just kept a consistent speed. I know guys who like throw the ball out in front of them. Yeah, I've seen Start that. pushing like bounce. Yeah. So uh, me personally, I always like to always have my hand on the ball so that I can just turn different directions. So, um, but you know, everybody's different, but honestly, that's, that's really the only difference I've seen. I've been with people who have watched some of the games and people are pushing because you can push up to two times before you have to dribble. So I see guys pushing and nobody's dribbling the ball and they're constantly passing. So there's no dribbles. And they're like, all these guys are traveling. And I'm like, no, dude, that's, that's not how this works, obviously. So um, aside from that, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty much the same, except there's a lot of slamming, people falling over and stuff. So it's pretty intense, man. That's, it's fun stuff. Oh, that's so, but, um, but yeah, after that, I just kind of stopped. I played, I played wheelchair softball for a little bit. That was fun, but it wasn't really my, wasn't really my jam. And that's another one where it's the complete opposite. I was really good at baseball, but wheelchair softball, forget it, man. I couldn't. I, I, I just couldn't get a grasp on it. So, um, and then CrossFit, man, one of my, one of my buddies, who's my coach was just, I don't know. He just called it. I, I, I had run into him multiple times, different, different occasions. And I saw him and he was showing me videos of some of the stuff. And I was like, what, these guys just throw weights around? What's the point of that? And, you know, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever, to be honest. And then uh, he was like, no, nah, you just got to come try it out. And I've been hooked, man. It's just, it's the, it's the next best thing for me, man. Cause you know, it's, I love the community of it, man. It's, it's really big for me. And I'm just that, I'm just that way where I have to be doing something physical or else like my mind starts playing tricks on me. You know what I mean? It's just a big part for my, for my mental health. So, yeah. Was there ever a part of you that you were like, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this or it doesn't sound like it. I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. And I, I would hope that I would have that same positive, just tackle the mountain in front of me. But I know the doubt that I've had staring at a bar and I've got two legs underneath me, you know, my, and I, I remember thinking about like, am I going to be able to do this? I can't imagine having that mindset, but I, I would also imagine you probably can't have that mindset if you want to keep a positive attitude and, and move forward with everything. Yeah. It, honestly, I'm, I never, I don't, I can't think of a time that I ever questioned, like, could I do that? I'm so stubborn. Um, I always want to, 
I always want to prove people wrong and not in a spiteful way. It's not, it's not what it is. Um, I just want people to know that anybody can do anything, you know? So <clears throat> I, yeah, I just don't, I don't think I ever have those thoughts. If I, if I look at something and I'm like, well, this is what I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, I'm smart enough to know when to say that's enough. So um, I'll try anything. And if once I start to do it, if I start, you know, this seems unsafe, this doesn't, then I'll, I'll, I have the wherewithal to pump the brakes when necessary. But I mean, I won't walk up to 300 pounds and like, I could deadlift that. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not stupid, but it's just about being aware of what I can do. You know what I mean? And that's, that's where um, something that I never really used to do is a lot of self-care. You know, we have to, everybody has to take care of their person, you know? Um, but obviously, like I mentioned about my knee, I kind of got to really, really pay some, pay some attention to that because I just get pretty, 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 pretty worn out. But um, yeah, I guess I kind of dan long, long answer, but no, I don't ever, I don't ever, I don't ever doubt myself on anything. I can't honestly. Yeah. Are there certain things that are more difficult because of that care that you need to take and, you know, just being extra careful with the knee? Well, um, I would have to say the snatches and the overhead squats are things that I really get kind of nervous about. Um, because honestly, I'm still pretty new to CrossFit, man. I've only been really doing it heavily for, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe the past year. So I'm still figuring stuff out too. You know, it's, it's, uh, like as as you as you mentioned earlier, sometimes I'm in my wheelchair, sometimes I'm hopping around, sometimes I'm in my prosthetic, you know. So um, I kind of just got to figure out what's gonna work for me. Um, last week I took my leg and was working on uh, snatches because I figured that would help me with the you know with the overhead. As soon as you get overhead, that's when things get tricky, and um, so I was working on the snatches and my coach came up to me and was like, take that leg off, dude, because you look like you're torquing your knee and you're going to tear something. So I immediately took it off and I just had to sit there for a second and think about what it was I was doing and what's, what's going to work for me. And then um, today's workout was strictly snatches and overhead squats. So it just kind of, and after a day of really working on it, which was last week, um, today I got in there and I saw the board and I was like, God dang it, dude, today's going to suck. But um, it felt great, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like homework, man. You know, every time I go in there, I really try to go in there thinking about what it is I'm going to do. Um, Very deliberate. Yeah, a lot of times people are like, why are you so serious? Like, calm, calm down, you know, and I'm just like, no, it's not that 
it's not that I'm trying to be an asshole. It's just, I have to really pay attention or I'm going to hurt myself, you know? So I like, this is, this is work for me when I'm in here and I'm trying to figure out how to throw 115 over my head. Like I need to be able to be focused on, on my body and know what, you know, know what not to do. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is I just, I have to know what I can't do. And this figuring out what I can do is the fun part, but I just have to know you cannot do this when you're in here, you know? So that's the are biggest you, thing for me. Are you familiar with the knees over toes guy on social media? No, I'm not. Knees over to, toes guy. Yeah. You'll have to check him out. I, um, I think, I think that's his Instagram handle knees over toes. I, have to check but he's all about like strengthening the knee um a lot i know a lot of the guys in jujitsu and wrestling who've had knee problems subscribe to his methodology and it's it's a lot of it is based on positioning and how you're squatting and you know making sounds very similarly to how you have to pay a lot of attention to the angles that you're probably operating at to really preserve and you know, optimize the knees function. So you'll have to check it out and see if it's yeah, no, I'm definitely any, uh, legitimacy to it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that because that's because that's one of the things. Like, I work with uh, <clears throat> I work with a chiropractor up in the Dallas area. That uh, he's a good he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, Nick Nick Conrad Nick uh, Conrad Sport and Spines in 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 that area, and he's like the few times that I go in there. A lot of times I'm just going in there to get work done, but sometimes I'll go in there and lift and man, he's one that's like, he is on me. And of course makes sense given his profession, but he's like, nah, dude, that knee, fix that knee, fix that knee. So like when I first started going to him, there was almost every time I did a squat with, with weights or even without weights, he would just sit there like, nope, 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 the knee, nope. And like, and it's great. Cause now obviously I've got it down. At least I like to think I do. You may say otherwise, but uh, I don't have nearly as much knee pain. And it's just, and that's the thing is just kind of learning again, what you can't do. So, yeah. How long does it take or did it take you to, I mean, as somebody that lived 19 years and then, you know, with it overnight, you know, you, you have to kind of relearn. Are you as comfortable on one leg now? as or close to as comfortable as you were on two legs i mean i see you doing these movements from a crossfit perspective and it seems like you've got a, a really good comfort level but i mean does it take a long time and is that still a process that's evolving for you to gain comfort you know it it honestly depends on what i'm going to be doing i mean i i, I drive people crazy man because i get on i go up ladders i you know, I get on the roof to put Christmas lights up and I, 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 I live for that stuff. My, you know, somebody gets something stuck on the roof. I'm like, I got it, you know, cause it's just, um, it, it excites me. And also maybe again, it's like, I want to show people like I can do it. But, um, the one thing that does kind of suck is like, whenever I'm going to go somewhere, um, I got to sit there and think like oh we're going to this restaurant so a lot of walking it's the parking lot bar should I wear my leg okay there's not going to be a lot of walking I can wear my leg so I can stand comfortably um you know there's that one time I had a day wheelchair now I don't sometimes I wish I do though for those long walks you know 
And um, so it just kind of depends. It depends on what it is that I'm going to do. But for the most part, I'm pretty, I mean, I may not move fast because I can't run with crutches yet. I haven't figured that out. But man, I could do just, you know, I could do just about anything. You know, the one thing that to this day, it's like drives me nuts. It's kind of hilarious to see. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. There's something about Mary, the guy with the crutches, and he drops his keys and he's. <laughs> oh, dude, that's like, I that that's me all the time. I'll be walking quickly and I drop something. And I'm like, oh no, ah, goddamn crutches. So I gotta stop and pick it up. And sometimes, depending on who I'm around, I'll kind of milk it and do that something about Mary move just to like weird some people out. But. Uh... <laughs> I try to, I, I try to make jokes about it as much as I can, man. Yeah. I, I mean, for somebody that's doing a lot of activities that even, you know, able body quote unquote, able body people aren't willing to do. Is there a frustration when people try to marginalize you a little bit? And do you feel marginalized because of your disability? Um, sometimes, sometimes it's, I think, I think um, that happens just in everyday things. You know what I mean? Um, especially for people who aren't familiar with having somebody with a disability around them, it can get it can get weird uh, pretty quick, and that's okay because it's just people aren't familiar with it. But um, at the same time, sometimes it can be the opposite. So. Just an example, I was talking to somebody in the gym the other day and we were talking about the snatches and I was like, yeah, it's just, it's, it gets a little weird. And I think I should probably start slow and maybe do it from a seated position. And, you know, I was trying to weigh my options and, and this person, God bless them, man, because that they shows the support that they have, but they were like, dude, just quit being a bitch and just do it. And I was like, okay. You know, and I was, I was like, all right, man, cool. And then I was like, well, that's not going to happen. But um, I appreciate that. So sometimes, sometimes it's backwards because people don't understand the, the limitations. Mm -hmm. And it's cool when people have high expectations of me. But sometimes, uh, you don't need David Goggins in your corner. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that, man. Like I love hearing David Gog David Goggins go sometimes, man. But I, I'm like. Well, it's not, you know, it's not physically possible for me to do that sometimes, you know, so um, it, it can kind of go both ways. But yeah, one of the things that that really kind of something that, that was really hard on me for a while, like when I was playing for the San Antonio Spurs, uh, yes, I wasn't getting paid as a professional athlete, but technically Europe, you play in the NWBA, the National Wheelchair Basketball Association, you know, so it was a big deal for me. And um you know, I would come back home, see family, see friends and stuff like that. And, you know, people would ask like, what are you doing nowadays? And I'm like, well, I play, I play wheelchair basketball. And they're kind of like, oh, that's good. That's good for you. And I'm just like, yeah, but it's a, it's a real thing. Like I'm not just going to the gold's gym and shooting the ball around. I was like, I'm playing basketball. And they're just like, that, it's probably good that you keep doing that. You know? And I'm just like, no, this is a real thing. Like, come on, you know. Um, so that's where 
I really kind of hit it, especially with, with the CrossFit stuff where I was just like, dude, people got to know that we're athletes too, you know? And that's, that's really where the whole Instagram and everything came along because um, I would kind of get some of that stuff when I started doing CrossFit where they were just like, oh, you're out there, you know, playing CrossFit, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of where it all really got going. So. So when it comes to the metal fabrication, was that a trade that you always had or was that born out of a necessity? Well, so the fabrication shop came about because um, I started working in prosthetics and that's, I was working, I worked for a couple of different prosthetic shops and I worked for one in Fort Worth when I lived up there before I was doing CrossFit and I kind of was doing that full time. And then we moved back down to the Valley and, um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a job down here. And I was like, man, I've put so much time into the prosthetic shop. So I'm going to make a central fab so I can just make prosthetics for people. But I also do other things. Uh, my grandfather was a carpenter. My uncle was a architect. One's a builds golf clubs for the LPGA. So we've all built, you know, we, I just grew up in a family of builders. So I grew up doing woodwork. I would make knives on the side for myself and, you know, family and friends and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, I don't want to be a prosthetic shop. I just want to be a general fabrication shop where I just, you name it, we'll make it, you know? And that's where Bigfoot came about and um, it's just general fabrication. So, you know, we do a little bit of everything and that's how I like it. Cause I don't, I like doing different things. If I get too repetitive, it's gonna, it's gonna bore me, you know? So, yeah. So cool. Uh, I would imagine regardless of what you're making it's such a therapeutic endeavor. Knife making is, I've watched YouTube videos on knife making and sword making and like yeah that's intense man. oh it's so like i you'll go down a rabbit hole i start watching these videos and it's just like the craftsmanship and the how especially how that stuff gets passed on you know i i remember watching um what was it was it orange county choppers with jesse james oh dude no, that was yeah. that was the tuttles orange county choppers he was west west coast yeah. Choppers, right yeah 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 I just remember watching him and being so impressed and it, you know, it goes back to the orange County chopper people. Cause they, those shows were on at the same time. Yeah. The, I remember just, I was always on the Jesse James camp because he would get this piece of metal and he would like hand cut it and then he'd hand pound it. And he was using all these like old school, really cool machines that like, him and maybe four other people in the world even know how to operate and it's you see this craftsmanship and not that what the orange county chopper people were doing wasn't but it was more like cnc machines and a lot yeah. of uh, technology which at the end of the day i mean from my eyes and i'm far from an expert but i would look and it's just aesthetically pleasing more on the simplified 
side, like an old Indian, you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, for sure, man. That's 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 exactly. I mean, dude, the perfect. It's one of the things that I think about all the time whenever I see a mistake in some of my work. Um, you ever watch that Parks and Rec show? Yeah. And Ron Swanson's building the chair, and all of a sudden he just like smashes it, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "It was too perfect." And I'm just like, "Yes, yeah, I, 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 I love that, man." And that's something that I that I really enjoy right now I'm working on some carbon fiber uh, handles for some for some uh, folding knives and I looked at the I looked at the finished lamination and I was like man this this braid's sitting kind of funny and I was I immediately thought I'm going to redo this whole thing and then I was like what am I no man that's that that gives it its character it's different from every single knife and that's where i was like i need to go back to because i think with prosthetics especially working for a bigger company they want it to look like it came off of a machine you know what i mean they want it to absolutely perfect not a wrinkle in the carbon not and and i get it and i'm not against i'm not saying like Ah, so I messed this one up. Don't worry about it. Send it out. Not necessarily looking at it like that. It's just, like I said, the small details that give it its character, you know, that's the stuff that I really appreciate. And exactly like you're saying, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take that handcrafted stuff over, a, over a laser cutter any day, you know? Yeah. yeah so. Perfectly, perfectly imperfect. It's what, like I was saying at the beginning, right. With the podcast, it's, it's why I love doing this. It's, it's why I think you resonate with me and with other people because you're just real, you know, there's no facade from what I've seen. Um, I saw a really cool post. I don't know if, where I saw it, Facebook, Instagram or somewhere, but it was kind of two parallels and, and one side was, you know, these typical influencers um, kind of like, Hey, I'm rich. Follow me. Hey, my life's perfect. Follow me. You know, I, I'm the best at whatever, follow me. You know, it was like all these examples. And then it's, you know, it listed on the other side and it was like, you know, I've, it was actually examples of celebrities and like Steve Harvey, like I slept in my car for three years and you know, it was the oh, yeah. awakening for me and just all these examples. And it, I think, I think we're going over that waterfall. You know, I think, and that to me is a positive thing. We're seeing more of a trend in just like everybody's individual, real raw story, imperfect at times is, is what people need. And I think it's craved right now, even more because we are living in this metaverse world where everything's fake and artificial. It's putting such an onus that I think deep in our DNA somewhere, we're craving imperfection because it's it's like the uncanny valley you know it's like there's just something that doesn't seem human about all of this that's happening and i i do think that that's gonna be a positive for people who are real and just share the good the bad the ugly instead of just trying to be fake all the time yeah no absolutely man yeah that's i it's uh i mean i would imagine you're the same way but I just, I just don't got time for any of that, man. You know, that, um, I mean, I got my, it's, it's funny because I got my, my, my business Instagram, which is tied to Facebook as everything is, you know, and I haven't even touched that Facebook. I got family members, 
friend requests and i'm just like no i'm not i'm not i'm not going into that man like this is a, it's a trap you know <laughs> i love my family and all but i could just call them or they could just call me but i'm, I'm just like i just i don't have time for that to just get sucked into it because it's just how it is man exactly like you said those uh those uh influencers and you know it's it's just kind of I don't know. It seems a little out of control. Yeah. I fell down that path. It's funny, man. And I've, I've left it there as a reminder, but if I go back far enough in my Instagram, <clears throat> 2016 ish, 2018, between 16 and 18, uh, <laughs> my younger brothers, they live out in Los Angeles. I've said this a number of times on here. So anybody that's annoyed, I'm sorry, but they were, you're good. Exactly. <laughs> So they both work in the cannabis industry out in LA and okay. I started to get involved with what they were doing and we founded a company in the event space and I was spending a lot of time in LA and we were generating a lot of the publicity for the business via social media. But I look back and I'm like, wow, was I fucking drinking my own Kool-Aid? And I what initially like I was very aware when when I first went into it and I was like, okay. I'm, I want to portray a certain image, which will generate and attract a certain customer base. And I'm doing this for the business. But if I'm being honest and I look back on it, I was definitely like in my own shit. Like I was, I was feeling it, you know, I, I was loving every minute of this fake bullshit. It wasn't me. You know what I mean? Like it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, we were renting cool cars and doing all kinds of fun shit. But at the end of the day, that, that wasn't really me. And it, it became exhausting. And I had a conversation with a friend. <clears throat> we were just talking about like social media and he, he was honest with me. He's like, Hey, I think what you're doing is really cool, but it just seems like it's, everything is like so perfectly staged. And it's like, he's like, that's not you. And he's like, I think you'd have more success if you started to just be a little bit more real. And I don't know, man. <clears throat> it it hit me. And I'm sure I had thought that and had other people tell me that good friend. for whatever reason, that conversation really stuck with me. And uh, excuse me. No, you're good, man. And I, that was about the time that I started to really focus on this podcast and my Instagram and all my social media feeds really switched from trying to be a an influencer of people and just really sharing real live content and what was happening. And sure enough, you know, the thing started to get bigger and more involved. And I actually had people reaching out and asking questions. And I think I related more to those people because I didn't put on this facade that I was different than them, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. That's, I, I mean, one, that's a great friend that was able to tell you that. And then two, that was great on you to take those comments and stride. Because a lot of people you can't say that to, man. Like you say something like that and it's just, I'm real, you know, it turns into, you know, it's it's it it's hard to have real conversations now. You know, it's it's uh so good on both of you guys for being able to have that, that relationship to say those things and also take it, you know? Yeah. It's not easy. You know, it's not, we, we live in this instant gratification world, <clears throat> but yeah. 
I definitely feel more fulfilled and I'm not nearly as stressed out because it's just like, um, I'm not going to sit around and dwell over, is this the right picture? You know, is this the right picture? It's more like, all right, well, I don't know. This was kind of cool today. You know, I want to put this out there and yeah. see where it takes it. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know, man, even, even before, <clears throat> excuse me, even before, you know, you had asked me to, to come on. I mean, obviously I, I, I was already following you and looking at, you know, it's, I'm, 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 I'm pretty, I'm pretty picky about who it is that I follow because I don't want to see all this madness in my, you know, on my, on my Instagram. And, um, so everything seems to be, everything seems to be pretty good that, that you're, that you're putting out and, uh, I enjoy it. So oh, it's, I appreciate that. I just, I try to make, <laughs> I try to just make anything that I share have a purpose, you know, instead of being like, what's the purpose of this really cool angle of this car that you're standing by? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, I look back on stuff, dude. And I, my, I have some very savage brothers and close best friends that as along with giving me great advice, like they did, um, they, there's no shortage of like, just tearing me apart and we do that yeah. well to each other but they make me remember sometimes like there's some text strings where there's like old photos and they're like hey i just wanted to let you know i went back to 2016 and to reminisce and just wanted to remind you of something you know it's like yeah 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 how, 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 many, <laughs> how many brothers do do you have i have three three younger brothers so oh, okay, okay. I'm the oldest of three or four boys and then <clears throat> a lot of cousins, but no. we, okay. we are just, I don't know. I don't know if my parents did something to us or what the problem is, but we are savages to each other. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I love the fact that we can be ruthless, but still love each other to death. You know, they're three best friends. So absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good relationship. I got I got two I got two brothers that we're we're pretty rough on each other, man. So it's I know the feeling, but it's good. It's it's good stuff. It's good. Almost definitely. So yeah. what else do you got coming up? Anything big in the works or you know, new ventures or interests that you've got? Uh right now, man, I'm you know, focusing on, on Bigfoot. I'm trying to help that grow. We've been, we've, we've only been, you know, open and operating for, <clears throat> and going, going on two years and, and, you know, we're really trying to build that. And if I can be here more often with the family to be able to work out of my own shop and also, put the time into the CrossFit. I mean, like I said, I got a lot of people in my corner with the, with the CrossFit and uh, my goal is to make it to the CrossFit games. Um, I tried out for Wadapalooza in Miami. That's going on right now, actually, but I just, I just missed it. So um, right now I'm just focusing on, just growing in the CrossFit and in the, my fabrication shop and just kind of 
really zeroing in on those two things and just continuing to excel, man. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully that works out and just kind of see what's going on. But um, that's it for me at the moment. What about you? You got anything big coming down? Um, you know what? I'll, I guess I'll put this out there. So I've talked a lot about NFTs. Um, I actually first exposure on the podcast was with Greg Overton, who is the native American, uh, Western artist that has been featured on Rogan's podcast a bunch. And he paints for all kinds of people, but, um, Greg's been on a few times and he's been getting into NFTs and we've had a lot of conversations on the backside. So essentially what I'm going to do, and this is kind of the first time I'm saying this and I'm apologizing again that my voice is almost completely destroyed. So maybe, um, just, just to give you some peace of mind, I, I listen to a lot of your podcasts, man, and I don't notice any difference in, oh, in good. Your, by the way. So just to, just for your peace of mind, man, if, if it's uh, it sounds horrible to me, but I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm, what I'm doing. So uh, going back and to this point, um, or I guess to the end of last year, I'm looking at the top 10 most listened to episodes of the podcast. So I know what those are um, and I'm going to memorialize each individual episode as an NFT. And so there'll be those 10 NFTs available and I'll probably do like one of three or one of five or one of 10 of each. And the NFT will be, there will be a digital art, a piece of art that'll be there. Um, and I believe I'll be able to pull off giving an original to maybe a different level um, of NFT, but definitely the digital art as well as unreleased podcast audio and video that mm -hmm. won't be on Spotify or Apple or YouTube that only the NFT holders will have access to. Um, some limited edition apparel with that image that would be on it. Um, and I'm working on potentially seeing if I can get some sort of VR view of the podcast that would only be available to people who have the NFT as well. And what I'm doing because of the Curious Jones, we're gonna do a Curious Ape. That'll be kind of the, the centerfold of all of it with the characteristics of the guest and the topics of the episode as kind of what's the, I guess the characteristics of that ape, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like Tim Kennedy was by far the most listened to episode that I had last year. So. Yeah that'll be like a curious ape that's dressed kind of like a full metal jacket with a bayonet, you know, or something like that. So I've got a really cool artist that I've worked with in the past who does unbelievable animation. And uh, we're going to craft up these, these NFTs and drop them out there and, you know, give listeners of the podcast an opportunity to own a piece of digital art and a piece of the podcast really that, you know, if it's an episode that they really liked or, you know, resonated with them that they can have. And as this thing continues to grow, my hope is that anybody that owns those will get some additional value, be able to sell them in the future for themselves or, you know, hang on to them as a, just a collectible and keepsake. So Dude, that's, that's amazing. That's, that sounds fantastic. Oh, that's I appreciate it. I, I, I had seen that you had posted something about looking, looking for, um, looking for an artist. And I passed that along to one of my buddies who does some digital art. I don't know if he had, I, I'm, I'm guessing he probably didn't reach out to you, but, um, that's, that sounds, that sounds really cool, man. That's, that's amazing. Um, 
I got to say, man, probably my favorite podcast for obvious reasons was the Cancer Climber, man. Oh, Sean Swerner. That, that guy's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I, was, I, I, was, I listened to that podcast and I was just talking about that dude to, to everybody. I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, this guy is, is doing, did this, he did this, he did this. And she was so a guy. I actually had a conversation with Sean. So random that's that you brought him up. Um, yeah. I reached out to him if, to see if he would be a keynote speaker for an event that I'm doing with something unaffiliated to the podcast. And I just was thinking he's like such a great potential person to, to do that. Um, yeah, we were, we were just catching up. I don't trying to get things ironed out and everything, but he's, uh, he's pushing me to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro with him. And I was wondering if you were going to take, if you were going to take him up on that offer, I was... he hit me up again on it. So I'm like, I, I feel kind of silly giving an excuse to tell him that I can't do it. Given, you know, the fact that this guy's like, you know, just like yourself, you know, doesn't really take excuses too easily but he's dude i i I was i was this close to emailing him and just be like so what do i gotta sign up at where where, what do i gotta do to go i can definitely connect you and let's uh i would dude that would be cool as hell if if you and i were to be able to go up that mountain with him that would that would be really really i i I might be biting off a little more than i could chew on something like that but i mean obviously i would be absolutely i would go in in a heartbeat but uh my wife's probably going to run in here like, you're going to do what? And so, might, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> well, yeah, man, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. If not that, we'll get together and drink some more whiskey or something. Oh, so. hey, uh, cheers to that. I appreciate it. Indeed, man, indeed. It was a pleasure. Man, I, I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. It's, uh, you know, it's an honor for to be on here, to be uh, a guest on somewhere that I actually listen to, you know? So yeah, man. It's, I, I, it's my pleasure, my privilege to have you. And uh, like I said, I continue to watch that video. I'm going to share it with others and uh, nothing but continued success. And I, I don't need to give you motivation because I know you have that, but let's do this again in the future. Um, I'd love to have another conversation and couple other things I want to chat with you about offline. I'll reach out um, here over the weekend and we'll catch up. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Absolutely, man. We'll we'll definitely be talking soon. Awesome, dude. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye, buddy.